Hey there, and welcome to the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results, so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and health coach specializing in treating cholesterol without medications. You can learn more about me at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. This past week, my brother, his wife, and their corgi came up to Milwaukee to visit for the Air and Water Show, and in fact, you might be able to hear some airplanes in the distance while I'm recording this. By the time the episode airs, the Air and Water Show would have already happened, but it's just really nice to take the weekend off since I've been working so hard to put this live online training together for you. The reason is one of the most common questions I get is, what should I be eating for optimal health and for weight loss? And the thing is, everyone is so different that there's no one-size-fits-all nutrition plan that works for everybody. But I have found a template that heals 80% of people, leaving them free from chronic pain, clears their mind, and helps them look, feel, and perform better. So if you haven't signed up for this free live online training, make sure you do. It's happening this Wednesday, July 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And during this training, you'll also learn how to take this template and personalize it for your own needs. If you're in the United States, you can sign up for this online training by texting the word PERFECT to 33444. Again, that's the word PERFECT to 33444. Make sure you follow the instructions on the text message to make sure that you're registered. You can also head to drann.com slash webinar to sign up. Even if you can't attend the live webinar, make sure you still register because then it will be recorded and you'll get the recording afterwards. But I'll only know to send it to you if you are registered for the event. Before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on this show may not represent my opinions and the show is for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend you consult with a qualified health professional. In today's episode, I interviewed Gerald Rollis, who used to be a pharmaceutical sales rep who describes how pharmaceutical companies influence the prescribing habits of physicians in his book, The Pharmaceutical Myth. After realizing that his chosen career path was not fulfilling his goals of helping people lead healthier lives, he decided to become a certified nutritional consultant, and he now teaches clients and holistic health practitioners how to use food as medicine for perfect health. Now, in today's show with Gerald, we chat about the importance of knowing where your food comes from and how some organic vegetables are actually from China, how many medications have a withdrawal effect if they're discontinued abruptly, and how it is important to work with your prescriber to taper them appropriately his favorite tool for looking up side effects of medications, his thoughts on whether there is a place in therapy for multivitamins like Centrum and single-ingredient supplements like vitamin A, E, etc., what are the most common nutritional deficiencies that he sees in people and the small changes that will make the biggest difference, and much more. All right, let's go chat with Gerald. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann. I'm so excited. We have Gerald Rollies on the show today. He is a certified nutrition consultant who holds undergraduate degrees from UC Berkeley in both psychology and molecular and cell biology. He worked as a sales rep for the pharmaceutical industry for five years, teaching medical doctors about drug-drug interactions, adverse effects, and withdrawal syndrome caused by commonly prescribed medications. And then he took a different change in direction and um, went to study Eastern medicine in Asia. He currently lectures nationally on the application of whole food nutrition and herbs to restore patient health. He is a regular guest lecturer at the top traditional Chinese medicine colleges in Northern California. And he's the author of the book, The Pharmaceutical Myth. Welcome, Gerald, to the show. Hi, Declan. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I've been really looking forward to this interview for months since when we scheduled it. Um, so I'm so glad our mutual friend introduced us. And I know um, I, there's a ton of questions I want to ask you, so I just want to dive right in. Um, can you tell us briefly about your, your life um, when you were a drug rep and, um, and where you are now and what you do currently? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Uh, after I had graduated from Berkeley, I had spent about five years working at a as a pharmaceutical sales rep and, you know, and did the whole role of whining and dining doctors and realized that I could influence medical doctors' prescribing habits based on my ability to, to build rapport and to ultimately sell them on a drug that, um, that probably a lot of people never really needed to begin with. And within five years, um, there was this one evening, and I and I, you know, I can remember it vividly, where I was sitting at a restaurant in a winery, and most wineries have some amazing restaurants. And mm -hmm. I had the medical doctor sitting across from me and his spouse, and the spouse went on to the restroom, and out came the bill, and the bill ended up being a total of six hundred dollars after tax and tip, just for three people. Um, it was just nothing that I even was concerned about because it was my employer who was paying for that meal. It was my American Express card that I just pulled out. And, uh, and when the bill came out, it was my reminder to always close. And even though this medical doctor was a, a regular customer of mine and was already prescribing the medication, I had to still do whatever I could to increase the prescriptions that was coming out of his office. And I sat and I looked at him and I said, hey, look, um, you know, there's a contest that ends in two weeks and I want to come out on top. Can I count on you to prescribe 10 more prescriptions within the next, you know, 14 days? And he looked at me and said, yeah, anything you need. Um, so I closed him as a, you know, as a sales rep and, and on the drive home, I realized something was wrong with that interaction. Something was wrong with my job as a pharmaceutical sales rep for five years. Um, you know, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that, I got into the industry as, as someone to help and serve others to improve their health, and I was actually doing the opposite. Um, so I left the pharmaceutical industry, and I moved to Asia, and I got my MBA, MBA out there, and I worked as a business consultant for a Taiwanese herbal company, company and I got exposed to Chinese medicine, Tuena, acupuncture, um, detoxification. I even participated in a five-day silent meditation retreat up in the mountains, which was an amazing experience. And after my MBA, I came back to the U.S. and became a certified nutritional consultant. And I just now, I believe in food. I believe in herbs and I believe in natural holistic modalities to support the healing body to overcome any health issue whatsoever. And so that's what I focus on most of the time now. Um, I work with a lot of amazing holistic healthcare practitioners across the country, and we're just out here to help people, you know. And so even though I entered the pharmaceutical industry to help people, uh, you know, I did what I did for five years, I'm, I'm finally actually achieving that purpose. So, yeah. You know, I, I can feel that you're so happy where you are because it just kind of shines through when you're talking. So I'm really excited that you kind of found your happiness. Um, so, okay, you came back from Asia, right? You were all excited. You got your certification. When did you open up your practice? Yeah, I opened up my clinic, The Healing Body, in 2010. So um, we've been going, gosh, about five years now. And we just, you know, we start off, we start off with some clients. And it's interesting, my very first client came into me 
on two of the medications I formerly promoted, right? So if you, if you want to talk about karma and circle, it comes full know, circle. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, and it was, it, it was interesting how, um, she had symptoms that I actually knew were to be side effects of the medication. So that just turned on a bunch of light bulbs for me. Mm. Um, in your book, the pharmaceutical myth, you talk a lot about, um, you know, drug-induced diseases and doctor-induced diseases. So in your nutrition practice, how often do you see that happening where people come in and the symptoms they're complaining about are actually a side effect of the medications that they're taking? You know, it's, it's, it's quite often, and it's more often than people think. And part of that is my fault. You know, when I was a pharmaceutical sales rep, and a medical doctor would see that one of their patients would develop a side effect from the drug I was promoting, I would serve as a consultant and, and share with them other additional drugs they can give to the patient to suppress that side effect. Um, lo and behold, some of these side effects are actually known diseases. And, and so currently today, I, I see it quite often, um, only because I'm knowledgeable about the pharmacology and the side effect profiles. Now, for any of your listeners out there and any holistic healthcare practitioner that I teach, I, I sh share with them an app and even a website. It's called Hippocrates. Um, it's spelled epocrates.com. And anybody, <laughs> yeah, you know, phonetically, you know, it's different. Um, but yeah, you can go to Hippocrates and you can even download an app for it. And anybody can go and look up the known side effects of any medication whatsoever. And, and you know, just I want to throw this out there for your listeners as a, as a disclaimer. For anybody who's listening, um, you know, if you are considering any type of dosage adjust, adjustment to your medication, always go back to the prescribing physician. I don't encourage anybody to stop them suddenly because there is a risk of withdrawal syndrome, meaning that some people will become addicted to their medication and to stop them all of a sudden could be quite risky. So always go back to the prescribing position. Um, but going back to that, going to Hippocrates.com, um, everybody has that information. And, and so I teach my clients as well as my colleagues, the other holistic healthcare practitioners I work with to truly understand how to use this resource so that, you know, people don't, um, don't realize that, uh, that, oh, if they get a side effect, now they have to add a second drug because that puts people at risk where now if you have two drugs, there's the potential for a drug-to-drug -drug interaction. And then maybe they get another side effect and there's another drug. And then some of these side effects are actually full-blown known diseases. And typically what we'll see is then, um, you know, someone will go to the medical doctor and say, hey, I've got this other disease or, or they diagnose it then on the spot and add a third drug. And then down the road, they'll get another disease and then a fourth drug. And so I've seen people come into my clinic on 14 medications. And it, um, it, it's kind of, kind of uh, interesting when I see these cases and challenging, I, can, I guess you can say. But certainly most people out there understand that um, drugs are, are not always um, the best or the safest uh, solution. And, and that's something everyone should be, be able to look into. Yeah. Well, you share a couple of great things. Um, actually, Hippocrates was one of my best friends in pharmacy school. Um, <laughs> we, we referenced it often, so I'm glad you use that as a resource. And I'll, we'll definitely link those in the show notes. Um, and, you know, I love that you speak to the fact that instead of adding a new drug on and having this cascade of effects that happen, why don't we look at removing the initial drug? Um, so I know in your book, you talk about um, working collaboratively with the prescribing physician to um, 
while you work on the nutrition side, um, have them help taper down the medications that the patient is on. Um, in your experience, you know, in your clinic, how often do you find that this type of approach, um, working collaboratively, patients end up on um, no medications at all or, or very minimal medications? Is that something you, you do primarily, you see very often? Yeah, that's a great question. And it really depends on the individual as to where do they want to be with their health. Um, I see it, it happens a lot. I've, you know, I, I have actually a partnership and I believe that integrative medicine uh, or the integrative healthcare uh, concept is really where everybody has a whole food practitioner, someone that can work with them to overcome their nutritional deficiencies. And then if they have any blood, lymph, chi stagnation, they work with their acupuncturist. And if they have any um, nerve interference that they work with a, a chiropractor or an osteopath. And, um, and then if they have any medications that, uh, they, that they suspect are the cause of their diseases or some of the symptoms that they have to work with a medical doctor. And so I work with my clients and when the time is right, you know, in, in some situations people will, will need to gradually come off of these medications under the guidance of their medical doctor. And so I'll, I'll work with them so they can communicate with their medical doctor um, about what their objectives are in life. And I will have conversations with medical doctors um, with some, you know, not very many are have the time. A lot of them are very busy um, filling out paperwork and bureaucracy and insurance forms. But those who have the time, I, I have an open line of communication. Now, in the event that my client goes back and returns to their medical doctor and they are not willing to wean them off the medication, then I will refer them to one of the medical doctors that I collaborate with. And I have got four of them that are currently part of my, my power team. Um, I really encourage that everyone who's listening is to build a power team of healthcare professionals um, to achieve what they want um, in regards to the health. And so part of my power team is having a network of acupuncturists, a network of chiropractors, a network of other whole food practitioners, and, and then medical doctors who have experience weaning patients off medications. And, and, you know, some of them can take, you know, weeks to wean off. Some can take years. It depends on the patient. It depends on the medication. And then it depends also the experience of the medical doctor. And so it's very important that everyone uh, believes that it's possible and knows that maybe their medical doctor is the right person, but maybe they aren't. And, and to keep seeking. You know, but uh, yeah, that's I have a power team. And I've got this ecosystem set up for that purpose. So. I love that. I think that's a great concept. Um, you know, for example, like um, I love food and, you know, um, food as medicine, but perhaps the fitness side of things, I'd like to have some people on my team that I can refer to if a patient wants to know how do I get fit? You know, how do I exercise and stay safe and, and don't hurt myself? So I love that concept. Um, so can you give us an example of some of your most striking patient case st uh, studies? You know, the patients that you remember, um, they came in and they had some really weird side effects or conditions and, and it just, you helped them and um, you left feeling really good about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, and I refer to the people I work with as clients, um, being a nutritionist, um, rather than your doctor, obviously, you know, farm vegan, so you can refer to them as patients. But uh, I've had, uh, you know, I had one client who came in and she was, uh, she, she wanted to get pregnant, but she was also on an antidepressant. And there are specific antidepressants that are more known to lead to withdrawal syndrome, um, meaning if you stop them suddenly, you can have all sorts of symptoms such as, you know, heart palpitations, seizures, sweating, um, just really uh, an intense feeling of discomfort. And 
Um, and it's been known that certain medications, especially the antidepressant that she was taking, can also cause a baby to um, experience withdrawal syndrome after, after birth. So there's some drugs, most medications, not a lot, but a lot, you know, there's some that actually pass through the placenta and are being fed to the developing fetus. And then once the fetus is born, they no longer are having this indirect intake of the medication. And so they experience withdrawal syndrome. So this young mother came to me and, and we worked with her nutritionally and um, she went back to the prescribing physician and, you know, and, and, I, and the, eventually she was weaned off the medication. And so by the time she did conceive, was pregnant, um, her health had improved because of the nutrition and, and the improved uh, lifestyle habits. Uh, but she also had a healthy child, um, you know, and, and for, it's kind of interesting, one of the former medications I promoted was an antidepressant. And now looking back, there's class action lawsuits on, on, on the class of the SSRIs because of their increased risk to um, birth defects. And so that's something I didn't know. But if I had known that before um, I became a pharmaceutical sales rep, I probably would have had a career shift and change before I even entered the drug sales industry. So, yeah, but to, that's one example of, of a client who uh, was able to uh, not only um, improve her health and create a, a drug-free lifestyle for herself, but also for her child. Just out of curiosity, was she on Paxil? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we could say paroxetine. Um, prefer <laughs> to work, work safely with the generics, but yeah, you obviously are <laughs> trained in pharmacology, so you know that uh, paroxetine and, and uh, venlafaxine have higher rates of withdrawal syndrome than um, you know, some of the other SSRIs, but all of them have that potential. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it has a um, shorter half-life, so it's common. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Um, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, th that's what this show is about is, is using food as medicine to heal yourself. And, um, uh, you know, one of my friends who is a fellow podcaster, she has a show called Beat Infertility. So um, I think it's, it's becoming more of an issue nowadays where women struggle with that. Um, so it's, they need to be aware that yeah. some of the medications that they're on can be contributing to that. Um, it seems like we're jumping all over the place, but I really want to touch on a point that was really interesting to me in the book. You had mentioned that a lot of organic vegetables in our supermarkets today come from China. I was shocked when I read that. How is that possible? Um, and is it just the frozen vegetables? Or I mean, I, I need to know, like, because I didn't, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's it's. We live in a crazy world and crazy times. And when the the world is flat, this is what we have the opportunity to see. Um, but yeah, you, you know, there are there are many website resources out there that can show. Uh, I think the report I saw was a listing of all the frozen organic frozen vegetables that um, you know popular grocery chain Whole Foods carries, and and it listed which vegetables were actually being sourced and shipped from China. Um, you know, and and part of this is we even here in California grow a lot of vegetables and ship to other countries. So uh, the concept of eating local is really important for people to to remember and i shop at farmers markets regularly and i actually ask the farmers more about the soil and even ask on occasion can i visit your farm can i actually mm -hmm. see where the food is grown um and, and get to build a relationship with them you know it's something that a lot of us haven't 
done, especially my generation, but it's something that my parents did and our grandparents did. They always knew where their food came from. My, my wife even remembers the actual cow when she was younger that she actually got raw milk from. And um, wow. yet in this modern day society, we are so far removed from our food that we have no idea that where it comes from, uh, what was put into the soil was there uh, natural gas-based fertilizers where the petroleum-based um, pesticides sprayed on it? You know, did the water contain uh, glyphosate? You know, and, and all of this, we don't know. Um, and so it's really important that people, uh, th that if someone is concerned with the quality of the food and ensuring that it, it contains as few it, and even none uh, toxic chemicals that are harmful to the human body, we have to know our farmers. And, and if that's not possible, then become your farmer. You know, I, I, my backyard is in the process of becoming an a food farm that could be <laughs> three for an entire year, you know. And so uh, by understanding the principles of permaculture and biodynamic farming, we can actually ensure that we can grow vegetables that are nourishing for not only ourselves, but the next generation, you know, our kids and grandkids as well. Yeah, I um I participate in a CSA and nice. I love my farmer. She um she does everything right. <laughs> she awesome. uh, does t uh, micronutrient testing of the soil every two years. Um, she has an ecosystem of bees and sheep who provide manure, um, and she sells flowers so the bees are happy. And she rotates the crops and all the seeds are, are heirloom seeds, non-GMO seeds. So I'm very happy. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, knowing the source of your food is extremely important. Um, so, so where where did you find? Is it on the Whole Foods website that you found that the source of the, some organic vegetables are from China? I'm just interested in case other people want to find this information as well. Oh, I, you know, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, I can't recall. It was either a friend forward me, or I was going through. You know, the various health websites out there and they published it. Um, I can't remember, but it was a full on Excel spreadsheet and I may have it somewhere saved in my computer that I can, you know, find, dig up somewhere and then send it to you. It's either a PDF or an Excel sheet, but yeah, definitely it's, it's out there somewhere. Wow. Well, if you do find it, please, please send it my way. But yeah, um, I guess a good place to start is to look up the where the, the manufacturer is based out of and, and where they source their, their products. So, um, yeah. so, you know, you talk about quality, right? And quality is very important. Um, and you know, supplements um, um, from your book, you say that they're a part of the protocols that you use to, to treat patients or clients with. So, um, can you walk us through, you know, the supplements that you use, why you chose them, and um, how you use them in different protocols to heal people? Yeah, you know, and it really, um, so I guess, did you want me to share the, the, the companies that I use and, and the lines or just get into the ingredients specifically more, more so that? Yeah, um, I, if you want to share any of your favorite products and companies, we would love okay. that. Um, yeah. And if you want to speak more generally, that's fine too. Okay. So um, I, I focus mainly on using food and herbal based formulas and I try to stay away from nutraceutical formulas. So a lot of, there's a lot of practitioners out there, which, you know, there's a time and place for pharmaceuticals. Um, you know, certainly if I'm in a car accident and my leg is 20 yards away from me, <laughs> Western medicine is amazing. Send me to a hospital, give me the morphine, attach my leg. And then once I'm out of the hospital, 
send me to my whole food nutrition colleague and an acupuncturist and chiropractor, et cetera, maybe even a homeopath. Um, so there's a time and place for pharmaceuticals. Uh, there's a time and place also for nutraceuticals, but it's important that people keep in mind that nutraceuticals is exactly what the name suggests, a nutrient-like pharmaceutical. And oftentimes nutraceuticals are made up of a lot of high-dose synthetic vitamins, which are actually made by pharmaceutical corporations, and then they're just put on different labels. And the best way to know if it's a high-dose synthetic vitamin product, it's got no food on the label, and it's got... Um, you know, 100% of every nutrient or more. And and so I tend to not use nutraceuticals at, you know, much most of the time. I'll start with food and herbs. Um, so I use a couple companies that are primarily uh, distributed through holistic healthcare practitioners because of how well they work and how important it is for someone to actually work with a professional who can assess what challenges or what are the root causes of their health issues and then they can get a design clinical nutrition protocol specific to them um, so i use companies like standard process and um, premier research labs and um, i'll even use some like garden of life and so some of the garden of life is available at the local um, health food stores they are great for digestive enzymes as well as probiotics. And then I'll use various herbal companies that um, don't spike with nutraceutical products whatsoever. Um, so Gaia Herbs is a good one that can also be obtained um, at the Whole Foods. Uh, but they also have a practitioner line that tends to be a little bit stronger in strength. Um, so those are the primary ones. And then there's a couple products that I'll take from various nutraceutical companies because they'll have a couple whole food-based formulas. Um, but for the most part, about 80 to 90% of the time, I'm using standard process formulas. And, and it's really, it's just really important to understand the quality and the testing. And I've, I've visited the farm in Wisconsin in which standard process actually grows their vegetables. And they have an amazing understanding of permaculture, crop rotation, and they do whatever they can to prevent cross-contamination because Monsanto crops are literally everywhere across the country, including Wisconsin, where their farm is based. Um, so, so when I tell my clients that, you know, go, go to the CA, CSA, go to the farmer's market, get to know your farmer, exactly what you're doing. Um, and I let them know I've done the same for the actual supplements that are in my, my practice. Um, and so that they can build that trust and they can understand it. Um, and, you know, it's very important also to know that the, the quality of food in restaurants and grocery stores, you know, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what happens when it gets transported. Um, you know, for, I'll give you an example. Uh, I, was a Jap I, I was a waiter at a Japanese restaurant in college. And, uh, you know, the, one of the customers asked, hey, how fresh, how fresh is the fish? I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's not, that's not a question that's on the menu. Let me go ask my boss. So I go to my boss and I go, hey, how fresh is the fish? And he's the head chef and he says, it's very fresh. I'm like, okay, that's what, fine. And I go back to the customer and say, it's very fresh. And so then he orders the sushi. Um, the next day I go in and on the floor is sitting half a tuna frozen. And, and this was the same floor the night before they had washed with Lysol, you know, and, and clean and sterilized the entire kitchen. And here is half a fish frozen. And I'm thinking, is this fresh? You know, and, and so, so what is what does fresh mean? And then how is he conducting some quality assurance tests? You know, is he thawing it out, cutting the smaller pieces and then looking at it for color 
distortions and then he smells it and then he serves it to the customers you know so so most restaurants are trusting in uh whoever the distributor was to test the safety of that food but then who is that distributor test you know using to test the safety of food so it, it's very difficult to know how safe the food is um and so when i choose a supplement company i choose a company that runs more tests and you know just to ensure that the product is safe um and it's food based and um and in that way people can go and eat you know the foods that are out there but then i'm pretty sure that i'm giving you something that's safer and, and healthier so sure that makes sense yeah. um so Okay, here's another shocking statistic that I read or fact that I read in your book, um, that most synthetic vitamins are made by the big five pharmaceutical companies in the United States, and that then they get rebranded um, under hundreds of other different company labels. Um, so I was like, whoa, I had no idea, and I'm a pharmacist. And so I'm interested to hear your philosophy behind um, taking multivitamins like Centrum or um, just you know, vitamins for insurance or for good health. Um, and so that's one question. And the second question would be, um, you know, people ask like, okay, what, what if I just take vitamin A to improve my eyesight or vitamin E because I heard it's a good antioxidant? Um, what is your uh, philosophy on single ingredient um, supplements? Yeah. So nutraceuticals, like I said, there's a time and place for them. Um, isolated nutrients, isolated vitamins, have you know in some cases a pharmacological effect you know because they're in a high dose and they're isolated just like how pharmaceuticals are prescribed um so some people will feel a benefit and have a short-term uh, improvement but the long-term risks um have been studied and 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 they haven't been studied for a lot of these isolated nutrients so it's you know i want to kind of mention going back to Weston A. Price, for anybody out there who understands the work of Dr. Weston A. Price, um, he studied, gosh, almost 100 different societies, but he found about almost close to 14 of them had absolutely perfect health. There was no cancer, no hypothyroidism, no infertility. There was just absolutely no problems whatsoever. And each of these healthy societies were eating animal meats, you know, organ tissues, herbs, and vegetables. And, and they, and none of them knew what a single vitamin was. The key thing was they knew what foods to eat. Um, so the challenge is this, when you give, for example, let's say calcium, um, for the practitioners who are listening here, uh, a lot of them probably use hair mineral analysis and they, and, and they know that having enough calcium is part of improving health, but having calcium balanced with magnesium, balance with potassium, balance with all the other minerals is actually a priority over having enough. So it's key that ratios are important. So if someone were to take just, let's say for example, calcium and vitamin D because they heard that it's important for preventing the development of osteoporosis. Well, if someone's just taking a high dose of calcium, then they throw that mineral balance of calcium to all the other trace minerals completely offline. Um, and so it's very important that uh, when, when someone is using isolated nutrient therapy, that it should be a short-term thing. And then to use food to fill in the gaps of all the unknown nutrients humans haven't yet discovered. That's the key. I believe in my, in my clinic, they come to me because they are deficient of the unknown nutrients 
only known to be found in food. And so when, when I feed them those foods in the form of the supplements or they go out and source it on their own from a clean source, they actually provide their own body the building blocks and the catalysts needed to heal themselves. You know, I don't, I don't do any healing. The body heals itself, but if you provide it what it, it needs in order to do so. So, so I find that um, sometimes, you know, giving a high dose of an isolated nutrient, yeah, it may have a short-term pharm pharmacological effect, but down the road, long-term, not so good things. And I've seen a lot of clients come in working with another pr practitioner and they're coming on these high dose uh, nutraceuticals and I've seen the decline in certain areas. Um, so not to badmouth the other practitioners. Again, they are doing the best with what they know. Um, we're all doing the best with what we know. It's, and, and I don't claim in any way that I know everything. Um, but I do know that food first <laughs> and then herbs, maybe then nutraceuticals and lastly, pharmaceuticals in acute situations. It seems like we have the same philosophy. Um, so and I love that you address that because I think a lot of people think, oh, I just hear that this supplement's good for me, this vitamin's good for me, so I might as well just take it. But there's really, um, everything has a, an effect on the body and you have to be very aware that you're using it for an intended purpose instead of just taking it just because. Um, so um, just going back to that question, do you, are you in support of people taking a general multivitamin um, or do you prefer they enhance their, their nutrition first? Um, it really depends on them. You know, I, I tell my, my clients, I direct to them to a whole food based um, multi and I don't call it multivitamin because the multi I use is a multiple food concentrate. So it's a multivitamin, multimineral, multi-amino acid, multi-enzyme, et cetera. Um, but, you know, if any of your listeners can go to local Walgreens or CVS and pick up a box of um, Centrum, you know, if you look on the box of Centrum, it actually states that it's produced and distributed by Wyeth. And Wyeth is actually owned by Pfizer, the largest pharmaceutical company on the planet. Um, they can even go and pick up a box of the Flintstones. Now, as a kid, I love the Flintstones, you know, and I, I dream one day to drive a car with my own bare feet. Um, <laughs> but the, the Flintstone vitamins and the one day vitamins, if you go and look at those, um, you'll see on the box, it says uh, that they're made by Bayer. So Bayer is the also the makers of aspirin. And so a lot of these nutraceutical products um, that are being manufactured by them, you know, it, and part of it is how much do you trust this industry? And, you know, like I said, they make great products for acute trauma emergency situations, but to take on a daily basis, um, you know, that's really where you have to go and, you know, your listeners have to assess are the, are the risks greater or fewer than the benefits. Um, but like I said, I would say start with food first um, and anything you get on, on a shelf on a grocery store, look at look at the foods and call up the manufacturer and ask if you can visit their farm and find out where where their ingredients are sourced from um just get to know know your farmer at the end of the day sure you know and i feel like we already pretty much addressed this in detail but i did have a listener submit a question so i thought i'd throw it out to you um so you know with trace minerals being all the rage nowadays and people um, lacking many of these minerals do you recommend that people take a, a um, supplement containing trace minerals or again it just depends on the person what symptoms are presenting with etc yeah absolutely i believe um considering you know there's there's actually studies now showing that foods today 
are they contain fewer trace minerals than the foods in the 1940s and and what does this mean it means that we either have to eat more volume a higher volume of the food to get the same amount of trace minerals our grandparents got or we suffer the consequences of a deficiency in trace minerals and we know that trace minerals are strong kid uh strong endocrine activators you know so the the pituitary needs manganese, the you know pancreas needs chromium, the thyroid needs iodine as well as potassium for proper thyroid hormone function. Um, you know the adrenals need uh, copper, the prostate needs zinc, the ovaries in, as well need zinc. Um, so it's important that people get trace minerals. Now, what's really important is that people get organically bound type minerals, minerals that actually came from plants or animals. Unfortunately, a lot of supplements out there are just ground up rocks. Um, you know, take for example, calcium carbonate. That's a calcium that comes from limestone or ground up coral reefs, which is not very soluble in water. And, and, and that's not a form of calcium that's highly utilizable by the human body. So it's important that we, we eat minerals coming from plants or other animals that eat those plants. And we let the rocks to be eaten by the plants, because that's how it is. You know, the, the plants in the soil will go and eat up the minerals that are inorganic, and then it'll transform it into an organically bound mineral. And that's what what's intended for us to consume um, and to use. So, so if anybody out there is looking for, you know, really rich foods, um, obviously bone broths. Now, if you've got people who are vegetarians, um, alfalfa, as well as kelp, various seaweeds. You know, so you certainly want to look at the source of the seaweed. Uh, if it's coming from the Pacific Ocean, you may want to find something more from the Atlantic. But again, understanding sources. Um, and then uh, green leafy vegetables, you know, kale. I make kale chips all the time. Um, but certainly there's many, uh, many ways to get trace minerals. And certainly you don't want to fill your body with the inorganic versions of those. So back to um, food, uh, food sources first, of course. Exactly. Awesome. Um, it, on the topic of food, you had mentioned earlier about, um, you know, a lot of the native people um, with traditional diets. Um, in your book, you talk about they, they eat a lot of raw uh, vegetables, which makes sense, and then also raw or fermented meat. Um, do you find yourself recommending that frequently to your clients? Um, and then if so, how do you make it palatable or suggest them to make it palatable? Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So starting off with my clients, um, you know, I always keep in mind that their journey for, for improving their health is similar to mine. So for example, um, I now have chickens in my backyard and to get fresh eggs every day and, and on an occasion chicken, you know, it, it's, it's nice. It's local. I understand that they're organic because they're eating my organic blueberries all the time and the rose petals. Um, but I don't expect my clients to have fresh eggs from their backyard on day one, because even for me, it didn't take one day. I had to think about the concept of chickens, go and research them, buy the baby chicks, then allow cultivate them because it takes another six months before they're actually at the laying age. Then I have to make sure I have a coop and a chicken run and then set it up. And the whole process took me about a year and a half before I actually had fresh eggs from my own backyard. So I never expect my clients to make lifestyle changes that I've made um, any quicker. So when it comes down to the fermented foods. Now, Weston A. Price studied all of these societies to have consumed a lot of fermented foods. 
um, because they didn't have refrigerators. You know, how would you keep your food from spoiling if you didn't have a refrigerator? You know, maybe you have a, a root cellar, maybe you have an ice box, but they fermented a lot. Um, so they fermented vegetables, they fermented um, organ meats and other muscle tissue. And, and, um, and then they ate things raw and then they ate some cooked. Now in modern day society, most people are eating foods that are cooked to overcooked, highly processed. Um, very few are actually consuming raw and fermented. And so, so a lot of the supplements that I use in my practice actually have foods that are raw and also foods that were fermented. So when we think about bacteria fermenting or even yeast fermenting foods, they are actually digesting that food and transforming it into a different set of nutrients that we could never access unless they actually fermented the foods. So um, some of the supplements have the actual fermentate, the actual byproduct. Um, and I don't expect people to come to my office day one. I'm like, go make some sauerkraut. You know? <laughs> that, that, that happens for a rare instance. Uh, but suddenly I'll, I'll tell them, hey, eat more cabbage, you know, eat more vegetables of these sorts. And then when they attend a class of mine um, or, or a colleague, then they realize, oh, making sauerkraut is pretty easy. And they'll go on YouTube and watch a video, cut up some cabbage, add some sea salt, and then, uh, you know, put it in, in a crock pot or a glass jar and let it, let it go, you know, for a couple of weeks. So, you know, I don't expect them to do that. Now, in terms of making it delicious, um, you know, start with what what you like. Start with kimchi. Kimchi is a fermented food. Start with sauerkraut. Um, make your own pickles. And start with what you already like, but make it a natural version in your own home. In terms of what the Eskimos did in making high meat, and many, many actual societies, there's a great book um, by Bill Mollison. It's... Um, it's, it's on fermentation and permaculture. And he shows all the cultures across the country that fermented also animals, uh, even fish, you know, being, being from Asia, um, you know, our, our ancestors fermented fish quite a bit and very putrid. So anytime you get into fermenting meats or organs or fish, then you start to get very pungent. Uh, you think of cheese, you know, cheese is, is something that, you know, that's aged over time starts to become, more pungent in some situations, but those are the foods that we've been missing. And, uh, and so I don't typically start off in day one recommending that for my clients, but down the road, as they get to know me and my lifestyle and, and they learn on how I prepare my foods and ferment them, uh, then, then they get encouraged. Um, but for the first, for the, for the most part in the beginning, I say, Hey, let's make this easy. Let's start simple. Okay, that makes sense. I love it. So those are more like level eight, nine, ten strategies. And yeah. um, it's good to hear. <laughs> it's good to hear that there's, um, you know, whole food supplements containing high meat type of nutrients that you don't have to like start fermenting <laughs> raw meat right away. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Oh, that sounds like it's good for me, but I'm not ready to try that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's a bit of a culture shock mixed in with a little bit of a acquired taste. You know, sometimes it doesn't taste good in the beginning. But it, after a while, once you feel better, you realize that the uh, acquiring that palate is, uh, is probably a good move down the road. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that BuzzFeed video, the people trying the fermented fish from, um, was it the Netherlands or Denmark or something? That was just hilarious. It just, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was reading the book. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I do, I do that kind of stuff with my wife all the time. I'm like, here, try this. <laughs> uh, the first two times it worked and I, I got a good laugh out of it. The third time she no longer trusted me when I introduced any oh. new food to her. 
<laughs> you did it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more questions. I know, oh my gosh, the time is fast approaching. But um, I had a listener um, submit some questions and she was interested in asking, you know, um, she and we do work with people who have chronic conditions and how do you empower them to actually want to take control of their health um i think that's the key right is if people um if we can make them to make a change in their behavior or want to make a change in their behavior so how do you um help patients or clients make that switch or do you don't really try and you just wait for them to come to you when they're ready mm -hmm. yeah so i have a very intense intake uh, process. I have, you know, it's gosh, maybe about 11 pages that takes literally an hour to fill out. And, and all my clients are referral based. Um, I don't do an advertising because I believe that if a client has success, they'll tell their friends and family. And when that person comes in there, they start to understand that, oh, well, my friend had success working with you. And they had the success because of a they realize it's going to take some time. You know, all healing takes time. You cut your finger, you've got to wait a couple, you know, a couple hours, maybe a couple days before it actually is healed 100%. So time is important. Um, they've got to realize that it, it's going to, it's going to take some investment financially as well as, as um, effort. You know, there's, uh, there's no one comes into my clinic knowing that they can sit on their butt and do nothing. They actually have to make uh, be proactive with their change in lifestyle. So I only take people who are ready to improve their life. And if they are not ready, I simply let them know that the time is not right. Um, because I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste their money uh, until they're 100% ready to make the changes. Now, naturally, what I do is I, I understand that change is inevitable for anybody in life. Um, change is hard for some. And so when people come into my clinic, my goal is to make sure that I can just take the smallest amount of change so that they can feel the largest improvement in their health. And in some cases, they'll feel a huge relief. In some, it maybe it takes a couple of weeks. But my role as, as a nutritionist is to find out what do they need right now that can help encourage them and, and enable them to believe in more of the potential that they can heal and reverse whatever health issue they have from malnutrition uh, or chemical toxicity, you know, how, how do I encourage that? And so that's, I think that's why, um, that's something that a, a trained practitioner has the ability and has the experience. You know, I certainly um, have seen people have faster healing responses over time and some slower and, and having that experience and having that knowledge is where a holistic healthcare practitioner comes in um, to support you on this process. And, and so for many of the holistic healthcare practitioners out there, uh, it, it's all about having a very thorough intake. And what I find is that when someone is not willing to fill out their intake form thoroughly, um, I'll have my, my staff talk to them and say, hey, you know, it's very important that you fill this out in order for us to assess the underlying causes to your health issues so we can create the design clinical nutrition protocol for you. Um, and if they don't want to fill it out, it tells me that this person most likely is going to quit down the road and they're not quite mm -hmm. ready. Um, so my intake is very thorough for that purpose of assessing, is this person ready to do the work or not? You know, anybody can give them supplements. I mean, they can go on Amazon and buy whatever they want, but are they really willing to make those small lifestyle changes to, to see the healing results that they want to achieve? 
Okay, so two questions to follow up with okay. that. So if you if you have a, a person who's filling out their forms incompletely, do you kind of nip it at the bud and say, hey, you know, I don't think we're a good fit. Um, I don't think you're ready for a change. Or do you give them a chance? And then if they're not showing any progress, that's when you kind of kind of fire the patient or the client. Um, yeah, you know, and, and it's not very often that I turn someone away. Most people, be, like I said, they come in from a referral and their friend, their family has told them, hey, you got to do everything that, you know, they, they, they're encouraging you to do because stuff works, right? So in on a rare occasion, um, someone will come in and, and I, I have my staff, they'll say, hey, look, you know, you really need to fill this out. And, they'll, and they've got three layers of explanation. So they'll first say, did you have any questions? Um, just want to remind you, it's really important to fill this out before you go and get seen by Gerald. Then second one is, look, uh, do you have any, what concerns are preventing you from filling this form out? Um, you know, and, and we have instructions. Can you please go back and cross out every line that no longer, that doesn't apply to you? Any symptom that doesn't apply, cross it out. Um, and then lastly, they, you know, they give them ultimate and they say, hey, look, you know, we understand that you may not feel inclined to fill this out, um, but it's really important. And if you don't fill it out, we can't let you go in uh, just because it's it's not allowing us to completely serve you and and some people they they understand they walk out and and it's very few like i said but most of the time because they've got came in from a referral we've got this thorough intake it's being implemented at the front desk by by my front office um i can avoid any challenges down the road you know the last thing i want for someone to do is to come in buy you know a certain amount of supplements get some recommendations and never come back and then go on to some, you know, review site and say, this stuff doesn't work. And part of that is for, you know, maybe they just gave up too early and this intake allows me to understand, do they have the potential to go beyond one visit, go beyond two visits and, and give it a shot. You know, I tell people, Hey, work with me for six to nine months. And then we're going to reassess and see how much improvement you've made. And then you'll truly know whether this work has been worth it or not. And most of the time it is. Sure. Um, so you mentioned earlier then you try to give them the small wins first, right? So then they feel motivated to continue. What are some examples of um, little things that they can do that will give them the biggest or the biggest wins rather, the small steps that give the big wins? Yeah. Uh, right off the first visit, I explain to people, I, I look at their food diary and I identify all the proteins that they're eating in, in each of the meals. And what I notice is that most of my clients, when they first come in, 50% of their meals doesn't include any, you know, very minimal protein whatsoever. And protein, you know, is broken down into amino acids and they're needed for the production of neurotransmitters. So a lot of these, my clients come in with mood disorders or, you know, poor affect and like, Hey, you know, maybe your neurotransmitters aren't balanced because you're not eating sufficient amounts of protein. So I start off right away. I give them a food diary and I say, write down everything you eat every meal. And I want you to eat a healthy protein at every meal, especially breakfast. And I say, especially breakfast because a lot of them actually skip breakfast. And, and so those are two things people can start to implement is right away, eat a healthy protein at every meal. Um, doesn't have to be animal protein. If you're vegetarian, you know, go and get some fermented or, or, or sprouted nuts, raw sprouted nuts and seeds. Um, you know, but if, uh, you know, it, the idea is eat breakfast every day 
and eat a healthy protein at every meal. And that's the first layer, how I start off with people. Once they've achieved that and they've proven to me by filling out their food diary, I see there's protein at every single meal. Then I work on the next assignment, which is to still keep doing that, eating healthy protein at every meal and then eating a healthy fat because fat is important for the production of steroid hormones such as testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, um, you know, and so then if they can eat a healthy fat at every meal, whether it's coconut oil, olive oil, avocados, um, maybe if, if they're into, um, what's any prices work, you know, tallow, lard, butter made from raw milk, um, et cetera. Those are, those are a place to start. Um, but having a healthy protein and having healthy fat at every meal, that's the simple and easiest. I don't, I don't tell people to stop eating certain foods. What I try to encourage them is to eat more of the good things they're already eating. So having a food diary is part of my intake. And for any holistic healthcare practitioner that's listening out there, make sure you're also getting a food diary. Start with three days. Um, I have a, a week-long page, but I find that three days is very uh, reasonable for them to fill out and, and to start the work there. Yeah, less less resistance. So... Um, You've got you've given us a ton of great information, Gerald. Um, if people want to find more uh, about you and, and work with you, how can they um, get your information? Yeah, they can go and visit my website. It's thehealingbody.com. So T H E healing H E A L I N G body.com. And if you want more about the book too, you can also go to the pharmaceutical myth.com. So either of those two websites can be helpful. And I have to say, I just finished reading that book and I highly recommend it. It was such an eye opener in terms of what goes on to influence prescribing habits, but it's also very well referenced and great resources for, you know, what you can do um, to learn more about nutrition. Um, and I love particularly the part you had the 21 questions to ask your doctor, to ask your holistic practitioner, to ask yourself. I thought that was really unique. So um, I love the book, highly recommend it. So I will definitely make sure we link up all those um, websites um, in the show notes for people. Thank you. Great. Awesome. Well, Gerald, it was awesome speaking with you. I had such a good time and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch in the future and um, you take care. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show. All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. And while you're there, remember to hop on the Food as Medicine VIP email list and you'll get my free gift. It's the Clean Eating Rules and it's everything that I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey, which happens to be contrary to many of the things I learned in school. And it's really my number one guide from my experience for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get all my favorite pearls from the show. And this show can be a bit technical at times with lots of details about what foods to eat, what foods to avoid, as well as what supplements to take and in what dosages, etc., so if you're anything like me, you're probably listening to this while driving, cooking, running some errands around the house, walking the dog, etc. And you really aren't in a position to be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared by the guest. So I've taken all the notes for you. And by hopping on my email list, you'll get all the show pearls delivered right to your inbox so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information that I've learned, and just other goodies. So go to drann.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like the episode? Then remember to leave us a review. 